What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here, and I am so excited that you're here today because today we have one of my nearest and dearest friends. She is incredible, Miss Allison Godfrey, and I have been so excited to get her on the show and share with you her incredible journey, her incredible life. I mean, this lady is one of my favorites ever, and I get to share her with you today. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Over the past 45 years, Allison Godfrey has been both an entrepreneur and an experienced C-suite executive. Her background includes founding and successfully leading international startups in various fields, ranging from health, metallurgy, and condensed matter physics, as a CEO for Concentric, Concentric Advisors, Texas, she developed and led a team of top physicists, electronists, she's killing me with this bio, and material scientists to create the premier research laboratory in the field worldwide. She founded and was CEO for Energetics Technologies in Israel, where she established highly successful cooperative research projects with Italy's nuclear research laboratory, as well as SRI in California funded by grants from DARPA. And Allison has worked closely with some of the world's most influential individuals in technology, business, leadership, and philanthropy. You have no idea what you're in store for today. Allison is the real deal, and we are lucky to have her on the show. So let's cue the intro and we'll get started. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much. You are one of my favorite people in the entire universe and have been so seminal in my growth in business. Thank you. My coach. I appreciate that. That's so kind of you. I, I feel like I've learned from you the minute uh, you came into my world and it just hasn't stopped. I, I'm excited to share with everybody your journey and, and kind of, uh, you know, how, I mean, I, I came in somewhere, who knows, middle of it, I think. I don't even know. And uh, when I met you, you had just been nominated or voted as uh, America's number one businesswoman. Holy cow. And, and I just was in awe ever since. So tell us a little bit about your journey to being an entrepreneur and the incredible businesswoman that you are. Oh, it, it was, um, pretty amazing. I started in big corp and I was working at a, one of the top fortune twenties. I was young. I was in my 20s and I was the uh, worldwide director of marketing services. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> and, uh, I had to prove my chops. And what they did was they asked me to fire an entire level of management. All men. Wives were not working. This is back when that's the way it looked in society. And I didn't get through many interviews before I was crying. <clears throat> The men would walk in. I was already crying. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. 
Today, I have the verbiage for it, which is my values were absolutely not aligned with the organization. There's another way to handle needing to scale back and what that would look like in a conversation about it, not just letting those individuals go that were in their 50s. There was no way they were going to find another job back then. Enormous amount of age discrimination. So I marched into the SVP's office and I quit. And I walked out to the parking lot and I was like, oh my God, I don't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, now what? And the now what was I can do this better. I can start my own business and it will be run my way. And I did it. I became the first importer in the United States for the Polar Heart Rate Monitor. Whoa. Yeah. And um, AMF, which I don't think even exists anymore, was my client and they put in a huge order. And I am negotiating with <laughs> in Finland with uh, Polar and they said, you need an LC. Not a problem. I've got this. Okay. And they gave me the amount and I walk out of the meeting. And I get on the phone I called the bank and I go, what is an LC? <laughs> I had no idea what a letter of credit was, no idea what I had committed to. Um, and I will say being a first-time entrepreneur includes being completely comfortable with being dealing with imposter syndrome, because you are. You really don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and every day is different. And as you're scaling, you still don't know what you're doing. And it is an interesting journey. And that was my first. Oh, my gosh. Naive. I I built it. And then they came in direct. Of course. Uh, (laughs) Of course, that was going to be what happened. But I I didn't see it. And that was a, a difficult, oh, my God, I just lost my business. I had to recreate myself yet again. Wow. And I, uh, because I had been dealing with health and fitness and wellness and the Olympic Committee and heart rate monitors, and these are, this is the dark ages, we were uploading to the Commodore computer. It was oh, my magic. gosh. <laughs> it, was, it was truly magic. And we were sending uh, wires because there was no way to communicate with Finland on these big disks that went into your computer and you could actually get a response within 24 hours. <laughs> and it, was, it was really a different time of doing business. And that's when I created the prevention and wellness program. It was creating health, heart rate variability, which was voodoo magic at that time today. Right. You're not dealing with physiological variability. Something's wrong because it is a thing. Um, I've spent my life ahead of the curve. Some people call that the bleeding edge. (laughs) (laughs) There's a good reason for that. And that grew into, it's hard to see the the connection, but that became working with condensed matter nuclear physics. <laughs> another area that I'm just an expert in. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was this applying the same principle of variability 
in physics. Right. And creating sustainable energy. It, they call it nuclear, but it really, the nuclear part has not been proven. Right. It, and it's not like a nuclear meltdown plant. It's very minor, very safe. And uh, that was another extremely fun, wild ride. Now I'm international. The laboratory I established in Israel and feeling multicultural. Um, it was so much fun. I got to live in Rome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and be part of the Italian culture and part of the Israeli culture. And I was still raising a family and bringing my kids with me overseas and really fun trips. It was extraordinary. But I don't want to, like, whitewash this. There were the times in a startup that my sister would come over to the house with toilet paper and peanut butter. (laughs) We were not making ends meet. Right. And that's what it looks like. And the just the commitment that I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. I love that. And I think that it's so lonely being an entrepreneur. Sometimes, you know, you see these corporate jobs and you see uh, people in the corporate space and you're like, man, maybe, maybe I should get just a a job where I got a salary and just, you know, did what I was told and maybe I should go do that. And, and yet there's a draw for a lot of entrepreneurs, whether that draw be that you're an accidental entrepreneur and you're doing it because you know, you have to be there. It's your thing or whether it's just a calling for you. It's still, it's still a draw. And one of the things that you said there was, you know, it's not, it wasn't all, all glamorous, you know, sometimes it's the peanut butter and toilet paper. That's like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, and, and, Tell, tell us about a time when you felt like you had to throw a Hail Mary and it was like everything seemed like it was just like, how the heck am I going to make this? And then it all came together. Um, really extraordinary, Michael. One of the things you also mentioned was being alone as an entrepreneur. And you are, it, my experience was of extreme isolation that way. And you don't have your team, even if you have a partner, it's not the same thing. And it is, it is very lonely. And it's not like you've got a board to go bounce ideas off of. None of that exists. You are alone. And if you have an investor, that it depends on the nature of the investor. So that can be pretty brutal. And what does, and I had an, an angel investor. So I was really responsible to one person and um, that is, the pressure is palpable. It really is. And uh, the biggest, uh, getting the angel investor and finding the physicist that was going to stand up with with me, with the investor to say, this actually is the right idea. I'm not, I have absolutely no credibility, right? As a physicist, science, why would this work? I needed that, I needed someone else to say, this is right. Presenting the idea, what the possibilities are, how it could work. 
I had um, a partner who was extremely on the edge of science. Right. So listening to this person, to somebody in science, he sounded like a raving lunatic, but he was right. (laughs) He's right. But you knew you were in the presence of crazy. Right. And convincing somebody who's on the inside that this was actually right was a huge feat. And it seemed like, and something that would never happen, it worked. He was convinced, and he did become a champion for the technology, wow. for the idea and the research. So I think that was one of my huge turning points. And then the investor saying, hmm, I don't know why I believe you, but I, I'll do it. And it's quite expensive to set up. A laboratory <laughs> and and PS, I want to do this in Israel. Um, <laughs> and no, nothing exists there right now. But trust me, we'll find the right people. And we stood up a laboratory with twenty five people, twenty five wow. researchers. Wow. And and you know, it's just. It's incredible because over and over again, I hear as I talk to more and more business minded entrepreneurs that have found success. I hear how they were able to keep going in those moments of this is all crumbling down or falling apart and not working and, and also looking at what has to be created and maybe it hasn't been created before, hasn't been done before. And you're looking at it and going, well, yeah, but this is, this is what I do. This is my charge. This is what I'm going to create. And it's amazing to me how many times that story comes up over and over again, that, that entrepreneurs like yourself are able to come up with that. And what, what do you think contributes to the creativeness that allows you to do that in those stressful moments when everything isn't working? Like, how do you feel like you've been able to break through those moments where it's just, I I think some people are just debilitated, you know, they can't move anymore. How do you get through that? How do you stay creative in those moments? Um, I have words for it today. I did not then, but (laughs) I I can see now that the gift, I don't know where it comes from to stand in the future, Mm. be at the top of the mountain and See it, smell it, feel it, know what's around me, know what the world will look like in the future, and then have the mental pliability to bring the future to today. So I am already in it. I'm living it. I see it, and it's here now, even though in reality it's the future. But being in the future and looking backwards, what had to happen the step before, the step before, the step before. It brings you to today. And as soon as you know what you need to do today, you're in the future already. It exists. And the storytelling around that, where you can bring other people into your vision, then it starts to happen. It's, it, you can't be a one-man band. It's, it's just not going to become reality. But when other people start to be part of your story, it happens. Love that. And then the, the 
attention to that story. I mean, we, so many of us tell ourselves these interesting stories. Some of them are what help us to become successful. I, I always feel like, you know, there's some amount of delusional quality that we as entrepreneurs have, uh, you know, like we're just like, we, we can be delusional about where we're going. But I also believe that, that there are some stories that we, that are also holding us back and keeping us from breaking through. How did you, how did you start to identify some of those stories? Like what did you do to identify stories that were limiting as opposed to the ones that were delusional that were helping us move forward and create the future? Um, I think um, I decided to have multiple personalities nice. and my, my, that voice, because it's always that self-talk. Uh, what I actually did was I made that voice into a person. That is my alter ego, basically. To this day, she lives on my left shoulder. She's always dressed the way I am. We wear the same clothing. And I have named her Nozilla, which is Allison backwards. (laughs) (laughs) And we talk. And that that is my only way of coping with it because it actually, that voice for me comes from childhood when I did not have the emotional ability to withstand a hit and you are not good enough. No, we don't want to play with you. Whatever happens in childhood, you have no defense mechanisms, nor the maturity. I did not have the emotional maturity to deal with that. So as soon as that voice came outside of me and was no longer a part of me, I could have a conversation with the voice and not denying it, but acknowledging it. I am now an adult. I can cope. I do know what to do. And yes, there will be bad days, but it does not take me down. It's fine. I am still me. And I have the psychological safety to know that it's okay. It's going to be okay. And that doesn't mean that there aren't tears and oh my gosh, is what am I going to do times, of course. But that's different than the voice saying you're incompetent and you can't do it and making up the failure story. Wow. I mean, that right there, I hope that my viewers, all of you entrepreneurs out there, just go listen to that like 17 times, right? Because that's that's going to be so valuable for you and and on your journey you probably need to come back and listen to that again. Uh, <laughs> what, what have you done? I mean, you've done everything from starting up a business, like you told us earlier, to uh, helping a business grow that already was established. What's your, your, your advice for getting fuel for those businesses, whether it's a startup or whether it's already in intact and you're trying to get it to just like go and really take off. What's, what would you say they should do? Um, what my journey, what I did was that with imposter syndrome. So now after being an entrepreneur and totally doing my own thing, then I started working for Bill Gates and I was a CEO for him and I was doing a startup. First day in the boardroom, my question to me, imposter syndrome, was exactly what am I doing here? And I had had to really look at and analyze 
realistically, what am I missing? And my answer for myself was I am missing today's education in leadership. So I went back to school and I got my certificate of business excellence at Berkeley Wow! in their graduate school. And one of the courses was high impact leadership. Great. Sounds good. I want to do that. I want to be a high impact leader. Love it. Well, it wasn't anything that I thought it was going to be. And it was really leader as coach and showing up in a completely different way than what I knew was leadership. It changed my life. And that, I believe, is the fuel. It's lifelong commitment to learning. What don't you know? And talking, finding out truly what you're interested in and what you don't know about it. So my thing was leadership. And I had to find out what I didn't know about leadership. And boy, was that in my face. And that brought me to becoming a certified coach. And at that point in time, I wanted to bring coaching into my organization. Right. And how important it was to ask the questions, be present, intention, why are you speaking? (laughs) All of those wonderful things that happen as a coach. And it's finding my authenticity. That's where the energy comes from in any organization and differentiating authenticity from style. I had to learn that. It was not intuitive. I'm, I thought my authenticity was being a Jersey girl. So everything came out. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. I'm going to be in your face. I'm going to tell you how you should do it. That's good. Uh, Not so much. I had to learn a completely different way of being in terms of style while keeping my values showing up. So that's what I would say for somebody. That's where I found my energy was learning flexibility, learning a different way of doing things. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. What could I do more of? Also, where are my strengths? And not focusing on my weaknesses because I... I always thought that I had to up the ante and what I didn't do well, delegate. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just do more of what you love. And that feeds our souls. Yeah. Well, and you know, ironically, you said that that happened at that phase. But when I met you, uh, I think you were a contributor in my world to start to get into that mode of, of learning and being in that lifelong learning mode of what do I need to do? What do I have to learn next? What do I have to get installed so that I can be a better human, let alone a better entrepreneur. And you had kind of already started to instill that uh, along with a few of my mentors during that time. And you know, so you're saying, oh, I did that at that point, but you were all, you were doing that. You were exuding that at that time. And it was something that was contagious and I had to be a part of it and had to be uh, in a position where I started learning more. And I, and I know the downside of not doing it. I, I went through a period of time where I took that out of my life and, and I don't know, maybe one of my mentors bonked me over the head and said, what are you doing? And, and as soon as I put it back in, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand where, where that's at. I, I can't, I can't say how valuable that is. 
you know, we could probably, and we do, uh, you know, talk about so much stuff. We could probably do this all day long and I would love to. And so we'll have to have you back on the show again, another time, but we've got to be respectful of your time and, and all of the cool things that you're up to. But at this point, if someone wanted to get in touch with you to maybe do some of that amazing uh, coaching that you talked about, uh, what's a good way for them to, to find you and contact you to maybe get involved? Um, I think the easiest way would probably be LinkedIn. Awesome. And yeah, you can just find me on LinkedIn and Great. Allison Godfrey, there I am. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Man, I love chatting with you. We always we always come up with some pretty cool things when we chat. Right. And we'll do it again. We'll do it again. We're going to have you on the show Thank again you. sometime. And uh, everybody go follow Allison at, at LinkedIn and uh, contact her if, if you think you could utilize some of her skills because I know you can. So go and do that. And uh, until next time, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You are awesome. I appreciate Thanks, you so Michael. much. You're absolutely one of my favorite people, as you know, <laughs> and we've been in touch for all these years and you push my boundaries. I try. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.